in in my approach, in my first 30 seconds, you know, first minute, if they genuinely don't want to talk to me, it's not my job to convince people. My job isn't to like change people's minds. My job is just to like get people into a neutral state to make a decision, whether it's yes or no. Like people put so much pressure on themselves in this job thinking that my job is yes. Your job is not yes. Your job is yes or no, right? Like to get a decision. That's the true nature of sales. All right, everybody, welcome to the DD podcast. I figured I'd come in and host the actual podcast as the original host. We got Roz in the house and we got Savon in the house, bro. Savon! Welcome to the studio, What's the up? hive, my man. <laughs> and uh, if you're listening to this podcast, the reason why we're doing these series, Roz has been hosting this Golden Door series and just saying, hey, let's bring in the actual best of the best. Like, why not get the true door knockers live real time? You know, Savon's been doing this since 2012 started in the pest world um, and is now in the solar world. But to win like the golden door, just let me explain that just so that people that have been listening to this or are listening to this fully understand it. Like it's a 1% thing. Like, you know, an alarm's 400, 2.5 million in roofing. Solar, it's 100 points this year, which just got harder. I mean, last year you didn't, what did you do last year? Um, last year I probably only had 50 installs total. Yeah, 50 installs total. Like yeah. that would have been maybe maybe 30 points probably because some of them yeah. weren't self-gen i'm assuming yeah, yeah so to go from like 30 points to 100 points like um 50 installs is still a lot like it's not like you didn't make money like, no one's complaining yeah. no one's <laughs> complaining with 50 installs and uh but to get 0.5 for a set that installs and 0.5 for a close that installs the challenges with that is installs right like right. when your installs are 90 days you got to start working in the fall for 2024 right now you're working for golden door for 2024 right like exactly yeah. it's it's you've already got it in the bag like any sales today aren't going to do any difference for if unless you're in like a 10-day turnaround time somewhere but like the reality is it's the elite of the elite and in, in, in pest control it's 650,000 in revenue or a thousand deals and, and alarms it's 400 and i I'm proud of the solar guys this year because we had the largest solar golden door audience last year. And we said, let's make it harder because we believe rising tide lifts all ships. And uh, we got Savon in the house. So tell us a little bit about you and your story. And then I'm going to dip out and like let Roz like host this. But I just want to like hop on here for a second and maybe, come back home yeah man. like I, I just missed this i was like i'll do the intro i'll intro you savon right yeah well, dude i appreciate that That's and, and, if, cool. and if you're on facebook live like um maybe leave a drop a comment tell them like how much you do what questions you maybe have and uh we're here to support you know share this with somebody that's maybe in solar to help elevate you know their mindset we were just jamming about you know when you started in pest control in 2012 what was the standard? What was normal? What was what was it like back then? I mean, I can tell you it definitely wasn't a thousand. <laughs> like, How many I mean, did you crazy. do your first summers on pest? My control. first summer ever doing pests, I did ninety. So like Guys, like fathom that. Yeah. Ninety accounts. If you were a first year rep and you're like, should I even do this again? What would you tell that rep right now? Yes. But stick it through. Like it's not gonna be good year one, maybe year two. It depends nowadays with the resources you have. But like you make it all the way. Like the longer you stay, the better it gets. It just gets easier. You're like in your flow. It's fluid. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are kind of contemplating after doing it one year, doing ninety accounts. The contract value back then was average of what? What was your average? Um, it was like four fifty. Yeah. Four fifty. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that was good. Yeah. There's some people who are like, oh, we slept in at three eighty. Like. Yeah. You know, ninety nine quarterlies was like, hey, great job like you know 109 if you're a baller but nowadays i'm like oh my gosh like i couldn't fathom charging that but that's to show like the reason this golden door ddd con 
um, training, sticking it out, evolution, you realize like, had you had the average, I mean, there's companies that averaged over $1,000 in contract value this year, 90 accounts, you're like, okay. Crazy. Yeah. I would have made it, I would actually made some money. Like, yeah, right? <laughs> my housing would have got paid for. You know yeah. I mean? like, <laughs> there's a back end. <laughs> yeah, there's a back end to this. Like, holy crap. Like, and I think so many people that get into this industry, they get sold on a pipe dream of like, oh, it's going to be so amazing. They go out and do 90 and their expectation was somewhere and then their delivery was in a different place and then they lose hope and they're like, ah, oh, crap. So maybe speak to this, maybe a little bit more in depth. How did you get convinced to do it again after not getting a back end? <laughs> um, I, I had the mindset going into it that I figured I wasn't going to be good. I'm not a great communicator or wasn't, you know, to start this thing. I did it because one of my really good friends that I was close with just, you know, got me into it. And I, I did it just to learn how to be able to talk better. And I just had this thing where I, I wanted to constantly improve and, and like just change my own dynamic. And I wasn't too worried about the money just because I, I played college football. So some of my needs were taken care of. Um, but as the journey continued, like down the road, and I would say, especially when I got married, when I was responsible for someone other than myself, like you take it upon you to like, think like, okay, I'm responsible for my own income, my own outcome. Um, the little things here and there that I can correct, that I can learn and improve on. If I take the time to do it, like it's an exponential buyback or, you know, payback on it. And, you know, things like your, your podcast, the door door university, like I invested in that. I really did. That's like, so cool. and I've had it and I, I've, um, you know, on my social media, I post my daily routine every day, and I've done that since, you know, very early on, because I wanted to show people that, like, I wasn't very good at this, but if I can do it, this is how. And so I have this little routine that I put in. One of those things is daily sales training. I go to door to door you, and I watch from the beginning every day. I thought of it like a workout and football, like those are the two things I could compare it to, that you're not strong when you start, you're strong if you keep going. And it was, the same, it was the same thing with, with sales, you know, like some people are really, really good. Some people are naturally strong. I wasn't. But I feel like I'm better now. And if that doesn't give hope to every person, like some people make this argument, salespeople can't be trained, they're born salespeople or they're not. Yeah. You weren't a born natural salesperson. Like you 90 accounts. My first year I did 80 something, my very first summer in alarms. And I was like, they're like, wow, that's pretty good for an 18 year old. For <laughs> you, it's like, you're now sitting in here in the hot seat, going on the stage at Door to Door Con in January, holding up this golden door going, you know, if that doesn't give faith to anybody else, but what he did say is that every morning workout, DDD University podcast, guys, he's one of the few people I think that have ever come to me and said, I've listened to every single one of your episodes. I mean, that's like what, four, three hundred and fifty something episodes probably. Maybe like, one a day. Like yeah. guys, you think about that. Like he's listening to the episodes, he's watching the videos, and then he's applying it. And hence I can now you can use him as the case in point of believe in your people if you're leading people and say, here's the tools and training, invest in yourself. And I think like you work for big companies like Sunrun, don't they already have training? This yeah. company, don't they already have training? Like, you know what I mean? And it's like, but you said, I need to put my ass, my money, my time on the line to get the results. And I think there's so many people in this industry that they think by attending a meeting and by knocking more, they're going to get better. And I'm like, that would be like every football player by saying, by just going and playing more football, I'm going to get better. Right. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. How many of us play pickup basketball every day? And we're it was like, still we're not I in played the yesterday, <laughs> right? Yeah. I literally, I still, I played yesterday for the first time in like two years, and I was like, I still got it, but I'm like, I still suck. Like, yeah, you know like, what I mean? Like, you would like, think after 25 years of experience in anything else in the world, like you would be a three point 
sniper, Badass, right? Yeah. Look at that. You know, it's That's it's like intentional example. intentional applied training, you know, for sure. Love that. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass it back to Ross, but I didn't want to steal a show, and I just wanted to one congratulate you publicly, and you know I I know that hours, the grind, the pipeline management, the doors getting slammed. I get that, <laughs> yeah. and it's like for anybody that hits golden door, I'm like you got mad respect for us and and, and for you, and and like I I think there's a there's like a an appreciation I give to any golden door winner because I'm like the family time missed the late nights, the travel, you know what I mean? So yeah. I really do want to honor you and appreciate you for that. Thank you. So, I do appreciate that. Okay. Ross, to you, man. I'll dip out. I want to steal the show, but. Thanks for taking yeah, the time, yeah. Sam. That was really cool. Yeah. Always awesome having the OG host, my friend and mentor, Sam Taggart. But anyways, Savan, dude, also from me, good to have you here, my man. Thank you. Uh, and there's so much to dive into uh, you've been in, in the industry for a long time. You started in PEST. W at what point did you switch to solar? Um, I switched to, so I started in PEST, just to kind of give you the full story. I served Mission. So Where'd right you go? That first year, I went to California. Nice. Santa Rosa, California, for anyone who went there. Um, I met my wife. Came back, went back in the PEST control. I did alarms for Vivint for three years, and then went into solar in 2020. There we go. So you've had, you've had a... a a good little progression. You've done yeah. multiple different products. Yeah. Uh, what's the biggest reason you are in solar right now? Solar right now, I I look at it in two different things. One, I mean, you took a look at the return for the work that you're doing. You know, it's, you know, I, I don't know anything other than the three things I've done, but the, you know, income, incredible compared to the other two, you know, products I've sold. The second thing is, is that I look at solar and the way that, especially the setter closer model works, and the ability to scale and to grow and to build a business out of it as an individual, having people, recruiting people, the barrier to join is far lower than it would be in other things that I've experienced. And so to like be able to, like for me this year, which is really cool, having my siblings work with me, big, big deal because you know if I were in another industry, there's no way I would invite some people that I have. Um, for so sure. Cool How many siblings do you have? I have seven siblings. Big I'm family. The oldest of eight, yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, like I couldn't imagine having them do this in you no know, alarms. Like, you know, you get your butt kicked. <laughs> like, I'd feel bad getting this, and I'm like, hey, it's not too hard to do. You know, this part of the job. Why don't you come give it a shot? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, uh, got you got the sibs in it. Um, what what market were you in? I was in a lot. So I did um, like a hybrid blitz and summer program. Um, in the beginning of the year, we were in California you know, working during NEM2. And to be frank, like, I'm very grateful for that because that's where a lot of my volume came from, was in California. Um, afterwards, we were, you know, testing out other markets. We did Florida um, and then settled on Illinois for a big part of the year. And then we finished in Hawaii. There we go. Dude, yeah. what's selling in Hawaii like? Oh, man. So, like, I, I have a different experience, you know, as you can tell. <laughs> a little bit of a cheat code for me. But in Hawaii, like, you, you, it's one of the places where you knock on a door, and it's the first time people, like, genuinely tell you hello and smile and, like, are waiting for you to talk to them. Like, in, in Hawaii, the challenge isn't getting people to, like, talk to you. The challenge is to get people to talk to you about the right thing for, you know, mm. not, like, an hour, <laughs> hour and a half per door. It's awesome, though. I love going home, and it's just such a good proposition for people there that I'm glad I could help. Absolutely. What island are you from? Um, I was born in Oahu. In Oahu. Yeah. I love it, man. But yeah, I, and also crazy with, you know, everything that has been happening there. The and, and all that. And yeah. Everything is absolutely 
devastating. So Sad, glad man. you could go provide some some uh, help with with solar out there as well this past year. So for sure. Yeah. Um, what what's been your favorite market? Um, I mean, I I I love Hawaii. I love being home, but for some reason, I love Florida. I just have great feelings there. My wife and I are big Disney fans, and so like we just have this huge emotional attachment to Disney. Uh, I don't know if that's bad to say on the podcast or anything. Like, oh, brands go or ahead and say it. But, yeah, so we love Disney World, and so I'll make any reason to like say like Florida's my favorite, but um, like most success, like I actually like California. I like the challenge, so I, I am a huge fan of California. Yeah. Okay. So you're you're a big guy of like uh, you know I just go wherever and I I make it happen. So yeah, kind of <laughs> <laughs> do do what needs to be done. So. Um, you know, you, you brought up a lot of interesting points earlier uh, when we were talking with Sam. I was like, you know, you really had to dive in and do a lot of training, a lot of work like off the court to be able to perform the way that you have. So, um, you know, what what else like what did it take for you? Like as far as like mindset and mentality, how did you become like the dog that you are now? <laughs> um, I don't know if I'm there yet, but I am comfortable with where I am. I, I had to look at it the way that I've had to do most things in my life, you know, so with like sports, it's the easiest way for me to compare. Um, you know, everybody starts at different places, right? And um, for me, like I loved football, I love basketball, but football specifically, I went the farthest in. You prepare so much like in football for five, six days of practice, film study, working out, like all these things for 60 minutes a week. Right. So a lot of people like I don't know if they really like fathom that and they say like football super boring because it's like a big chess match. But in reality, like everything you do is for those 60 minutes. And because football is so specific, that full 60 minutes, you're not even in the game. Right. Like I, I played quarterback um, through high school and then in college, you know, I played receiver. So like even then, like I was only in the game, maybe 30 minutes. And of that 30 minutes, I maybe only touched the ball like for 45 seconds. You know, like yeah. when you think about that, you're like. Wow, wow that's, that's a lot. But then you look at all the work it takes to maximize a 45 seconds, that one touchdown, that one thing. You're like, okay, like that's now that makes sense, right? And a lot of, so for me, in going into sales, it was easy for me to accept that reality on the doors. Because on the doors, it's very, very similar. If you're just like, the way I like train new reps, if you just are going door to door and you're just hoping that your experience like is just different with each person, you're kind of gambling. You're just going to different doors, hoping that you find the one person that you personally connect with or that one person that's like, I was waiting for you to knock my door to get solar, right? Like, <laughs> um, but you, when you like take actual control and intention to what you're doing and preparing yourself the way that I prepared myself for football, it changes your dynamic on the door because in reality, this job isn't just about like finding those people. It's about creating the deal. And to be able to actually create the deal, you need to have the skill sets and the preparation for all the different things you run into. And that takes a lot of time because there's so many variables. There's so many different ways people can go about a conversation. Yeah, 100%. So what would be your advice? Because there's so much, like, there's information overload. There's so many, like, ways to overthink it. How do you simplify the process? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I've already, like, kind of, like, broken it down for myself and for people I bring in to where... I just make sure that when I bring people in, that they have the right expectation of each and every day in their first week. That's it. That's I only worry about the week because after a week they quit. I want to just at least have them understand that they knew what they were getting into. Um, but day one, I just tell them, look, I'm going to give you just enough to say hi to somebody on the door 
And then the rest of it is, I just want you to go out there and talk to as many people as possible, whatever that number is, and collect all of the information on what happens afterwards. Because you can teach someone to pitch, you can give them a script, you can walk around with them and like walk them through it, but at the end of the day, they'll never get past the first 30 seconds, right? Like the people, mm. when you get past the first 30 seconds, it's because somebody was like waiting for you or someone was like just prepared or you connected, right? But in reality, you're not going to get past that. So all that trading is useless. So those first 30 seconds, all you're, I'm trying to get into the master is their own self-control and their emotions and to just accept, just accept it, okay? Like you're going to knock, you're going to talk, they're going to shut you down and you accept it. And you're going to accept it 20 times, 30 times, 50 times, 100 times. And then from there, you go to the next step. It's like, okay, you gave your intro. What did they say back to you? And we just train on that. What did they say back to you? Oh, they did this. Okay, cool. These are called smoke screens. You know, and you go through that. The next day, where did you get stopped? What were they saying to you? Those are now probably objections, hopefully, right? And you just get further and further. I just give people information as they do it, and that's how I train myself. Like, the number one thing is just to accept failures coming. Don't hide it. Don't don't try to beat around the bush. Don't try to pretend like you're something else. Just accept failing and be willing to learn from it. Absolutely. Because if you don't accept the reality that you will fail at this job, you there are going to be days you're going to suck at this job. There are going to be days where it's absolutely miserable. If you think every day is going to be absolutely amazing, sunshine and roses, you're in yeah, for a rude disappointed, like pretty quickly. Yeah, absolutely. And unfortunately, I feel like we fall into that a lot in this industry where we where we glamorize it. A lot of people see like the glitz and the glamour and the Lamborghinis like, and, and all of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we just think, oh, this job is so easy or, oh, it must be like this. I'm going to be such a natural at it when in reality, it's, you know, a skill set. It's something you need to learn. So I like that step-by-step -step process of, all right, here's step one, here's step two, here's step three. So now like, you know, we, we get your guys, get them trained up. You get them to be good reps. How do you take a good rep and you make them great? So at that point, the funny part about this industry is that there's a, cer there's, a, there's a certain point where like everyone's kind of the same skill. In reality, like I feel like I'm around, I, I'm around the same skill level as a lot of people. It's, it's more of like an at-bats kind of thing once you like have a certain skill. And that's where I feel like complacency happens, especially in our industry with solar. is because you, you make good money um, at a certain amount of deals compared to other things to where you're not pushing yourself to continue, you know, like your, um, your tolerance level for what you're willing to go through lowers because you don't need to. And genuinely, I believe this could just be a me thing is that getting someone from good to great isn't so much a skill thing. I think it's a, it's a willingness to continue to fail more after you've been satiated by succeeding enough. Mm. Yeah, so it's a lot of its vision and identity, would you say? Yeah, yeah, I, I would say for sure. That's wild. So, well, and I, I absolutely love that. So, um, you know, because a lot of guys, they get very complacent, especially in solar. Very yeah. easy to like become e a lead baby. Yeah. Very easy to, to lose the vision. Yeah. How do you instill vision in your people? I, I took that mindset this year and, you know, kind of, helped to have the result that, that we did for the year on production. And it was that I wanted to inspire what was possible through my production. Because the complacency in solar is huge. It's everyone, right? And there's some people who are doing incredible things. But for the most part, 
it's the only industry where like doing like 30 sales in a year is like completely accepted, you know, like I, I didn't do that much last year, but I made such good money and I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I, t I like, I wanted to inspire to my people that there was more to this than like what we're doing right now. And I tried to work to a certain point so that people would just like what, what they believed was possible was just blown away, you know, and they're like, okay, maybe I can do more. Because the way I looked at it is, you know, there's, I, I, I have a team, I, I manage a group, and there's people who like, who connect directly with you, like just common leadership principle, they're going to do about half or a little bit better than half of what you're able to do. But as those layers go deeper, it's going to continue, right? They're going to do half of what that person does. And so when you're like the lid of a team, you have to do it yourself in a sense and inspire that until somebody one day replaces you as, you know, the person to chase or else you're, you're kind of just the only way to scale or to grow um, like a business is to just get more people. And I've had that mindset on the doors too. Like if you're just a certain skill level and like I loved Isaac Klaus podcast where he knew his numbers. He, he said one out of 12 doors I sell. What I don't know if you like kind of thought about was like if you have a thousand pest control sales, that means he talked to 12,000 people. I don't think I've like interacted with 12,000 like anything. Like I'm like Call of Duty. Have I like shot 12,000 different people? You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's, that's the kind of numbers I'm thinking. And it's like he was willing to talk to 12,000 people. Like, but 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 his numbers improved from the year before. And so I think about it like that too, where it's like a certain skill level. It's like if you're like a one out of ten skill level, then you just need to keep talking to more people. But if you increase your skill to the point where it's like now I'm a one out of eight people, you know, you get more sales out of the same amount that you do. Going back to the complacency, that's where people, they start to make the same money by doing less be, or by doing less work because of their skill level and same thing with people, right? So if, if you aren't constantly trying to push that level of, of ability, then you're just going to keep getting the same results. Yeah, absolutely. You got you to gotta constantly improve just day by day, right? Yeah, so, 100%. Um, I want to kind of speak to like the nuances of different, different markets because okay. you've been selling in... Uh, a lot of very saturated areas, yeah. such as California, Florida, Hawaii, uh, <laughs> e even Illinois is starting to get a little bit saturated. So right. what, what's your hack for knocking in a saturated area? Let's take California specifically. Yeah. What's your hack for knocking in California? So when you go into a saturated area, there, you, the, the thing that people get discouraged by is like, is just a statement that like, you're like the fifth person to come by. You know, like, and that's like the, that's like today, the most, yeah, today, <laughs> especially in California, NEM2, oh my gosh, dude, that was like, that was like this hour, I'm like, fair enough, I saw him walking around, <laughs> but um, to me, with working with an area like that, and, and honestly, I think anywhere we're selling is going to be that way, because like, you don't see any of us going to Alaska, right, like, for yeah. a reason, <laughs> so, so you got to get good at it, um, it's that you got to understand that people choose who they talk to, not get sold by, but talk to by people that they like and feel connected with and most of that's listening so for me like i understand everybody else that they've experienced on the door have probably been talked to the same way hey i'm savan with x solar um probably heard about the net metering program you know like a, a very like very same conversation over and over again i just go up there like i'm their neighbor and i try to spark a conversation and interest to make it different i try not to make them feel like i have an agenda I start every door with the same exact thing. I'll, I'll like look at the ground, uh, wait for them to kind of interrupt me, be like, hey, can I help you? And I always say yes. <laughs> like, yeah, actually. Um, my name is Spawn. How are you doing? I just wait. Good. Right? <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> like, everyone just jumps into it, right? They're like, 
uh, I don't know. Like, why are you asking me? Like, what do you want? You know, it's, but it's a different interaction, right? I'm just trying to get them to like break out of the mold of what they've talked to like the last 15 times. Because not only solar, but everybody does doors, right? Yeah. Because a lot of people, it's like, knock, knock, knock. Hey, you the king of the castle right, here? Yeah. It's like fist bump. And then, yeah. <laughs> the, the fist bump. I'll be super quick. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so, it's like you know, sometimes we got to break out of this mold of of the the robotics, right? And we got to break out of the the script and exactly. just be people and level with them because people buy from from people they they like and people that they trust and people that they give time to. And people that was that, yeah, that was the thing that like I try to instill with new people is that like it doesn't matter what your skill level is, what your conversation level is. You can have the best skill in the world, but if you only get 10 seconds, you'll never get to use it. Right? And so like my concept was never like to just like wow people from the beginning. It's just to get them to t spend more time with me because eventually time solves all problems, right? Like literally. So I would just wait until I had enough time to get them to understand the speed of trust great book it talks about that yeah absolutely so i, I absolutely love that approach uh doing something to stick out do you have any good like icebreakers or anything that you use um so i kind of gave you like the main ones i i i really do like sit there quietly and wait for them to talk to me like i i will look up after a long while if it's a little awkward but most people and i'll like put some money on this like if you listen to this podcast i'll then you a dollar if it doesn't happen to you in a day but if you don't respond, the first thing someone's going to say is, can I help you? And I love that one because I always say yes. Who says yes? <laughs> right? Like yeah. most people say, can I help you? Like, oh, no, no, don't worry. I'm not, I'm not here for that. Like that's what most people's response is. I just say yes. Yeah, yes. I love that. Yeah, it's a, a buddy of mine named Skylar Adams. Shout out. Yeah. Um, he, his approach was like, uh, knock the door. You know, he's whole for Vivint. So it was like he, he starts talking to them. Oh, and they're like, oh, like I'm actually super busy. Really? Like. That's exactly why I'm here. Like everyone else around here, they all have time on their hands, so they just get it done themselves. I'm specifically looking for people that are too busy to do this. Yeah, that's creative. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think about that. And he just like literally makes it the reason that of as to why he's there. Right. And yeah. it, it's just amazing what it does to because it switches people out of that mode of like, oh, this is just another door to door guy. Yeah. This is another solar guy that's coming to my door, and it's like, yeah, I'm here looking for you. Can I help you? Yes, you can help me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I call it like a verbal handshake because like, you know, you go up to somebody, you say like, hey, what's up? They're going to say like, hey, what's up? I always use this example of like, you go to the gym. Do you work at a Vasa? Yeah. So you go to Vasa, right? You scan your thing. They're like, hey, have a good workout. 50% of the time, you're like, you too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? And so it's just like that with the doors. You know, All the time. You, you say something and they're just going to say not interested because the same thing that's just what they're used to saying or thinking and that's okay i just accept it uh, i like i but i brush right past it and i keep moving on and, I, and then you eventually earn their interest but like you can't get shook by those things because it's gonna happen like the people at the gym get so used to it that they're just like yeah thanks <laughs> they just, they're just okay with it just i know i feel like i always like acknowledge it i'm always like yeah you too oh wait you're not working out right no, exactly. and then they always kind of chuckle but again it's like one of those things it's it's it's, it's something that's different it makes them laugh and it, I mean, a principle can be applied to the doors. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I think that's awesome for selling in a saturated market. So now kind of like, um, you know, at the closing table, yeah. you know, you're with someone that's, they've maybe had the solar presentation done a few times. Right. How are you getting the deal over those other people that are presented to them? I think in situations where there's like multiple offers made and they, someone makes a decision, people make a decision when they feel understood. And part of that is like listening, but the other part of that is also like applying what you hear to them. You know, a lot of people, they present the solar and because it's such a no brainer, 
that it's like a yes or no to them. Like, yes, mm. we do it, you know, super cool, easy, get through it. If it's a no, you're like devastated. You're like, are you not good at math? Like, <laughs> why wouldn't you do this? You know, that kind of thing. I spend so much time trying to connect with the person and understand the person that I'm gathering like ammunition for myself for that when it's time to close, I've accomplished two things by listening so much is that I've kind of eliminated all of their objections that they could say because I've talked to them about it before asking for the close. The second thing is if there's anything that was left over that I missed, I have so much ammunition to work with, reasons why they would do it, reasons why they wouldn't do it that I've already addressed, that it makes it to where I'm taking pressure off of them for making that choice because over time, over the course of the you know first 15, 20 minutes, I've already like eased them into the understanding that they, that they want to do this and I'm going to do it the way that they want it to be done. Yeah, I love that. And something I really want to touch on that you've brought up several times already is the power of listening. What role do you believe that listening has in the sales process? Um, in, in sales and communication, I think listening is so vital because oftentimes everyone, I'm still guilty of it, but like they, you listen with an agenda mm. um, to talk about what you want to talk about. And this is natural. We like to talk about what we like to talk about. So yeah, we're person, waiting like we're thinking of the next thing to say to them exactly right like you know we're we're interacting in a podcast same thing you know you're probably thinking like things to, to like you know bring up next and for me i'm like trying to predict that it's, it's just natural for, for a conversation right yeah and for me like listening people say that they do it but what i would highly encourage people to do is to listen with no agenda and and be willing to accept whatever answer comes and part of that is by asking the questions that you probably wouldn't normally ask somebody because like for me on the doors and in home i ask a lot of things that people typically try to like beat around the bush on and just ask them openly so that they give me their you know their open response and understand like hey i'm, I'm just gonna have a real conversation with you yeah like, <laughs> you know yeah and that, I, I love that so much it's hard though like that's a very difficult especially in sales yeah. because if you're talking to someone you have an agenda, Always. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, I want to get glass on your freaking roof. That's why I'm talking to you. <laughs> exactly. So what, what do you, how do you feel like, uh, or what do you feel like is the secret to, you know, taking down the ego, taking down the agenda behind that and truly listening? Um, I think the most applicable one that she can do is taking a deep breath before it's your turn to talk. I, I've learned to do that. Um, and you know, it's funny. It wasn't, I wasn't even, I read this in a book. It wasn't even for sales. It was for working out, but it was to like ease your body and relax. A lot of people think that sales is about building tension to act. And in reality, and I think this is, applies for a lot of things. That's not just sales. It's about relieving tension. It's about relaxing somebody to make a clear headed decision. And so I do that because I'm trying to lead the person into also doing it as well, where I take a deep breath and then I'll respond and I'll ask a question. It gives some time for them to like think and accept and not think that I'm like, I already know what I'm trying to say. Cause that's when people like get upset with the sales process is that they're like, Oh, this is a script there. I'm just, I'm mm -hmm. just a, a I'm just a number. Yeah. I'm just, a, I'm just a number like, you know, but like when you pause and when you're thinking, even if it's not the case, they believe that you're genuinely like, reflecting on what they said and then like giving a meaningful response and it may be the same thing i say to everybody and it's it's normal right but they have that acceptance of it and then for me i've also slowed myself down so instead of jumping into the thing that i want to do you know like the agenda instead i'm actually like breathing listening and then i'm like oh let's respond rather than like push the 
push the process. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I imagine, you know, as well, this applies to uh, many other things, not just sales, but also in recruiting. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. Have you seen a lot of results as, you know, as you've recruited? From I have. Yeah, I think. And that's my big focus right now. But I think that concept of the way that you recruit it's very applicable in like the way that you do your sales and it's the same thing and what i find so like when i do feedback with people for instance people they, they i'm like hey how far did you get in your process before things stopped and they're like oh i got all the way to docs and then they hit me with all this stuff and i'm like well did you not consider that maybe these are things that you should have addressed before you got there you know and it's the same thing with recruiting. How many times have we sat with people who are super excited, stoked about the job, ghost you after you text them about like, hey, yeah, so when do you uh, when do you want to send me you know your information so we can get onboarding started? And it's the same thing. It's because it's because we weren't listening and we had that agenda to push that we skipped all these things that people may have given us through the things that they said that were concerns that weren't addressed because you just pushed to the next thing. Some people will just sit there and let you do it. Yeah. Because how many more arrows do you have in your arsenal at that point? If you're truly listening, because if, you, if you're not listening, you could have missed something that they said that was a concern that yeah. if you address and you preframe and you get like it at that point, you're losing deals if you're not actually listening. Yeah. So I think that's a huge hack. Drop the agenda. Just yeah. listen. I have this I have this principle for myself where if somebody brings something up, I'll ask them about it no matter what. And that's like in everything, not just sales. So like I'm talking to somebody and they're like, oh, yeah, like, you know, I, I, we'd love to do an appointment later today, but we have this soccer game coming up um, and we got to get ready for it. Everyone just brushes past that, right? It's like, oh, yeah, don't worry. Like, I'm going to be super quick. They go I'll, be, I'll be super for, quick. For, don't forget yeah. the head nod. Yeah, and the nod, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's vital, vital for success. But for me, I look at it and I'm like, oh, nice. Like, you soccer game? Cool. Middle school, high school, they're like, no, 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 like four-year-olds, like, oh, so the, the, they're just kicking each other in the chin, you know? I'll sit there and talk to them about it because it was important enough for them to talk to you about it, right? Like, the average yeah. person, just so, like, people, everyone, like, understands, like, the average person would just say, no, I don't have time. Yeah. Right? But if they're giving you something to talk about, it's because they are attempting to connect in a sense. Right? Yeah. And so I, I always try to, like, respond, and then I'll go back to, like, what I'm trying to do. But if someone brings something up, I have a principle of I will talk to them about it. Gotcha. Where do you draw the line between like, I'm building rapport, I'm being productive in this conversation versus like, this is getting like way off track? Yeah. So my principle is I'll respond to something when they bring something up, but then I take control of transitioning. And I think where people get caught up is that they wait for the customer to bring it back thinking like, oh, I talked to you about all this stuff. And I think this transactional thing will happen where they'll, they'll give them like, they're like, okay, but what are you doing? Right. They don't, people don't do that. Right. No. So it's your responsibility as a rep that as you're talking to somebody, if you go down that road to also transition and to just understand, like people know what you're there for. It's not a secret. You don't have to pretend you don't have to like sidetrack to like, you know, sneak in like the best friend and get them. They know that you're going to sell them. Just accept it and, and go back to it once you've like kind of built some rapport. Absolutely. And do you feel like you ever run into people that just are like, oh, well, like you're just bringing conversation just to sell me or anything like that. Or like, what do you do with people that are just like kind of not having it? Yeah. So I'm a strong believer that like you going back to the beginning, like accepting failure is super important because there genuinely are people that you can't talk to and you can't grade yourself off of that. Right. Like in, in my approach, in my first 30 seconds, you know, first minute, if they genuinely don't want to talk to me, 
It's not my job to convince people. My job isn't to like change people's minds. My job is just to like get people into a neutral state to make a decision, whether it's yes or no. Like people put so much pressure on themselves in this job thinking that my job is yes. Your job is not yes. Your job is yes or no, right? Like to get a decision. That's the true nature of sales. And once you get caught up in the only yeses, you put not only unrealistic pressure on yourself, but bad pressure on yourself to like go down different paths that you probably shouldn't take. But because you're so much like, yes, 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 like you, you start to go in a natural way. So I just accept it now. Like if they're like genuinely not want to talk to me, you accept that. That's part of your job is a decision. And if someone makes a decision in 10 seconds, sick. Thank you for saving me some time. Right? <laughs> I'm not going to change your mind. That's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, it's just like you said, willing to be accepting of that failure, willing to accept that rejection. How, how do you not take that personally? I, I separate myself from the way I feel and the nature of the job by reminding me of that constantly. Like, and don't get me wrong, I do have my feelings hurt all the time. There's things that happen where like it's shaking me up to where I couldn't quite finish the day. Like I'm not perfect, I'm not saying I've knocked every single door every single day. I've had those moments, but you just have to keep reminding yourself of that. Like people, you have to humanize people first of all. The customer isn't the result. So like you don't have, you don't want to look at them as a reflection of yourself. They're a person. You're also a person. And if you're not humanizing yourself on the doors, you're also going to get that result too, because they're just looking at you like this thing to beat up, right? They're like, yeah, it's one of those, it's like, the, it's like, it's one of those sales guys. Like kind of let them have it. Let's mess with them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, I mean, I just humanize myself and the people and, and it's going to happen. You're going to get your feelings hurt, but just remind yourself like the person's not the result. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I mean, a lot of this kind of goes back to like worrying about the things that you can or can't control, you yeah. know, like if we put so much focus on what we uh, are, what's outside of our control, we're going to go nuts. Right. Yeah. And it's like, you know, we kind of can't control a lot of people's reactions to things. We just got to choose and be intentional about that and realize it. So exactly. um, a question I have, you know, kind of speaking to that in solar, it's, it's a process, right. you know, it's not like pest control where it's like, we spray down the house like right away. It's right. not an alarm. We get the install the same day. It's it's you know sometimes, especially this past year, we're looking at a lot of in, in, long install times. Exactly. A lot yeah. of things that are outside of, of your control. What what are some of those challenges that you ran into, and and how did you deal with that? Yeah, I think going about the principle of like talking to people about where they are. I'm not in a rushed state when I am talking to people and when I'm trying to, you know, pitch them. I'm in a state of like listening so that they also give me the same respect. And then it's all about like the expectations and the reality that happens. I always tell people that like the the reason why people get frustrated throughout the process is just because either expectations not being met in reality or you haven't heard from me. Right. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't the best about that. It's very hard managing volume, especially in solar, because the process is so long. You sell X amount of people and it takes X amount of hours. It's like it starts to build up a, a lot. And so communicating and then just setting good expectations and then constantly like holding to time frames that you've given them um, is super, super important. So I never give people the expectation of like when action's going to be done, but more so when I'm going to follow up with them. And I just tell them that this is just like a construction project. So. I'm coordinating this. You're the boss. You say yes or no. But my job is just to give you updates as I get information. But regardless, I'll check in with you every X amount of days. 
Yeah. Did you run into, you know, logistical errors as far as install times, anything like, you know, installers pulling out or like having to switch up companies, anything like that? Not for me, no. You know, like working with a big company, you don't run into those challenges so much, to, but the times, yes. And so like, mm-hmm. especially in California, um, NEM2 to NEM3, like there's a huge craze. Everything was backed up. So absolutely. Like after Q1 and Q2, um, things are really, really hectic. And that's you know also part of the reason why we like moved markets for a little bit. And it was nice having that like flexibility. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and but I think it's so important to ha- have those clear expectations set. Exactly. And you can yeah. avoid a lot of headaches by just setting those and being honest. People just want honesty in the end. And they give you a lot of grace when you talk to them. Um, one thing that I've learned myself over the years, because I, I wasn't perfect at it, is that just answering the phone in general, like people are so afraid to give bad news. And the more okay you are with it, the more okay they are with it. You know, like people only get bad when they just don't know what's going on, right? That's when people have those like, negative feelings towards not only like what you're doing with them, but the industry in general, if you just answer the phone and talk to them, it's okay. You know, like if you're like, Hey, I messed this up. Most people are like, Oh, okay. Well go fix it, dude. <laughs> you know, they'll like be bad for a little bit, but like, it's okay. Like you admitted it, right? There's nothing wrong yeah. with that. So. And they would much rather hear it from your mouth than from someone else's customer service. Yeah. Than from a customer else. service rep. <laughs> And you're long gone. Exactly. It's yeah. like, I, I think that's one of the biggest sins of the industry is uh, signing on a customer and then ghosting them. Yeah, leaving them hanging. Yeah, I can't do that. That's that's completely unethical, in my opinion. Agreed. So, um, you know, so many different markets, different installs, all these different variables. Um, do you have any, like, organizational tips for all of that? Yeah, um, I can't take credit for like the organizational side because I have really, really good leaders that work with me that actually just hold us accountable on a daily basis. And so like, I'm sure there's a lot of apps that people use. Um, I think planning is really important to like have a calendar. But most importantly, it's just an actual accountability to the people that you work with probably fixes most of those problems. Because what happens is you sell so many accounts and you just expect it to like go through, you know, whether you have a really, really good backend team or not. And in reality, like you're accountable to not just the account and to the money that you're going to receive. You're accountable to the person that you, you know, made business with the customer. And so as long as you keep reminding yourself that you'll naturally get yourself to do it. You know, I love it. I love it. Well, man, we got to, we got to wrap up, but uh, sure. are you a, have you been to DDD before? I have never gotten to attend, no. This is your first D2D con. Yeah. Long-time listener of the podcast, long-time D2D U user. Yeah. And first time at D2D con. What are you most looking forward to? Um, I'm, I'm really excited to, like, meet the people that I've listened to on podcasts, multiple podcasts, like, you know, that yeah. most of the ballers have. I'm really excited to just meet those people and just be in proximity to them. Like, I don't know what to expect. I, I know, like, kind of, like, how, like, the schedule goes. But just being in proximity of a bunch of people who are just so much better than I am, I feel like there's so much to take out of it that I know like my personal level of, you know, skill and commitment will improve. But I, I just hope that like I can have something to bring back to the people that I work with as well. Absolutely. Well, dude, we're excited to have you on the on the stage this year for Golden Door for Solar. Uh, yeah. Absolutely important. So, guys, uh, get your tickets to DDDCon January 25th through the 27th. Uh, it's going to be awesome. So, dude, thanks for coming on. Yeah, I appreciate you, man. Boom.